Hello everybody, I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now called Disobedience, which uh, you must obey me and go and see, <laughs> because it's that good. Luckily, I have one of the stars of that movie, Rachel Weisz, as my guest today, and she's going to set it up and tell you about it, because I have to do that in writing, but you're right here to do it. Okay. Okay, um, there it is. Yeah. Look at, look at her face. It's like... Huh. <laughs> disobedience. What was it? Come on. You're not only starring in this, mm -hmm. but you produced it. Yes. Yes, I did. You're yes. the boss. I, I mean, I'm the boss until the movie begins, and then Sebastian Lelio, the director, <laughs> I surrendered to his his direction, and I, I stopped being the boss and be I'm an, just an actor <laughs> then. But yeah, I did. I read the book and optioned the book and took it to Sebastian Lelio, mm -hmm. the director. And the Fantastic woman, that movie. That yeah, isn't it extraordinary how yeah. he tells stories? Mm. Um, it's a story. It's a love story. It's a tale of forbidden love between two women um, set in the orthodox Jewish community of North London, a very tiny insular community that's very private, mm -hmm. um, which is a beautiful, nourishing, spiritual place to be. But you can't be gay if you live mm -hmm. there. You can't express your gayness. So that's, that's it's the It's hard dilemma. expressing any kind of sexuality. Physical, yeah, uh, yeah, at all. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it would be like, I know. I think about like the Amish community in um, uh, Pennsylvania. You yes. know, very. It's very religious, mm -hmm. and it would be the same thing there. It's like hundreds and hundreds of well, thousands of years old. The, the customs. Yeah, yeah. You can have sex with your husband or wife, but that's. But it. don't be demonstrative about it. No, no. and also women um, and men can't touch one another. So I wouldn't be able to shake your hand, mm. for instance. But your character, Ronnie, she left it. Yes, she's, She is the daughter of the rabbi, mm -hmm. and basically she's gone to London and be as a career as a photographer. Mm -hmm. New York, actually, yeah. Oh, it's so back she's, in New York. Yeah, right, so she, 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 as a teenager, she, she's found basically in bed with her childhood best friend mm -hmm. who became her lover, Rachel McAdams' mm -hmm. character, Esty, and my character's banished. That I'm sent sent away, I go come to New York, and I'm living this life of, of freedom, mm -hmm. having sleeping with who I want to, leading a very bohemian life as a photographer. But I think the story is also about the idea of are you really free if you're running from where you're from? Like we were talking a bit before about home, the place oh. that we're mm -hmm. from. She's 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 been banished by her home, and my character comes back, and she has to kind of make peace with where she's from. I think. She does, and yet this is the woman that she had been involved with as a teenager. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even in this community to do that. And how does that come back uh, to it? Which is why it's titled Disobedience, isn't it? It's yes. I'm breaking the rules and I'm in a place now that's full of rules. Yeah, you're so much better at talking about this <laughs> than I am. You're brilliant. Yeah, so my character comes back for my father's funeral. So the whole film takes place in seven days. Mm -hmm. And in that seven days, my character and Rachel McAdams' character rekindle our love that has been on hold for many years. And in a way, we kind of time travel back to our adolescence together. And of course, it shakes up the community. It massively shakes up um, Esty's marriage. And she has a choice to make does she stay in the community as a teacher, loving her profession, loving the community, loving God, but not expressing who she really is? Or 
does she leave? It's a big um, conundrum for her. And you'll have to see the movie to find that out. Yeah. You know, yes, they basically have to do it. Yeah. Now, look, there's been this controversy now, even though the movie is just beginning and opening about yeah. the big love scene in the movie. Mm -hmm. And people are obsessed with the moment where you seem to be spitting into her mouth. Mm -hmm. Why is that getting everybody so much? Why is it so, such a big deal? I'm with you, right? It's kind of beautiful. It's <laughs> well, um, yeah, because why wouldn't anything be happening in a, in a moment like this? It's um, yes. these two people coming back together doing that. Yeah. I'd I read somewhere that Patti Smith had come to see the film. Yes. And then reacted to that scene. Yeah, she, 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 she didn't really ask a question at the Q&A. She made a statement. She just mm. said, I want to say I think that was the most beautiful moment. And she said to her that our genders were irrelevant. We were just two people in love. It didn't matter that we were mm -hmm. two women. I, I mean, I think oftentimes in sex scenes, it's a bit can be a bit generalized, a bit mean. It's like meaningless sex was never in real life but um, no it's in, never yeah, meaningless never in real life, real life. No, no god no. no but in in storytelling it can be just a bit i don't know you often think is the scene really necessary in this telling of the story i think in this story the love scene it is a real love scene it's erotic and sexual but it's about love it's about freedom it's about Estes emancipation it's about this moment as a kind of catalyst it's going to change the rest of her life I like, I'm very proud of the love scene. Well, you should be. <laughs> I think it's and, and of the whole movie, you know, because it's, we live in a world where basically it's going to be better for you at the box office if you're a cartoon character or from a comic book. And <clears throat> this isn't that kind of movie. This is an alternative to that. And mm -hmm. it brings you into a world you don't know anything about. Most people don't. I certainly yeah. didn't. It's a very private community. Yeah. Were you raised in an, in an Orthodox Jewish family? No. None no, of that? No, no. My, dad, my dad's Jewish. My mm -hmm. mom was raised very strict Catholic, so I had kind of double guilt. But she... Uh, she <laughs> That's such a good, it's just such a good quality to bring it to life. Yeah, double guilt. Yeah, right. two different cultural yeah. types of guilt. Um, but she converted. So I, I grew up kind of very unreligious, but... As Alessandro Nivola, who's also in the film, is fantastic in it. He, say, he's, he always says to me, you know the songs, you know the songs, I know the songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it then. It could just I, evoke I, everything. Yeah, I mean, I can, yeah, I, I know, I'm kind of, cult, I, I'm culturally part of it, yeah. You could, but, but not religious. <clears throat> you're also somebody, and I admire you for it tremendously, that seems to be, I like to use the word mischief, but it's beyond mischief. You tend to do things that don't follow any pattern. It would be very difficult to look at the films you've done and say, oh, that's what she does, because <laughs> there is no that's what you do. Is this a definite thing that you have in your head. Nobody is going to say there is a Rachel Weisz type of role and this is what you should be casting. Because look, after The Mummy and The Mummy Returned, yeah. you could have been following Mummy. Could have been librarians for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's right, just doing that. So you have to make a <clears throat> conscious decision, don't you, that I'm going to follow my own path? Yeah, or I don't know if that's even a conscious decision. It's mm -hmm. just one's instinct for being interested in 
different things, I, I think. It would be boring, I think, for any actor to keep repeating the same kind of role. I mean, that's the whole fun of acting, is to keep being inside other people's skins. Who well, not, not mentioning me. any names, many people do. You oh, know. <laughs> okay. They do, but okay. we'll just let everybody okay. figure out who they may be. Okay. But as the producer of this film, you have to, this isn't like you wake up one morning saying, I read this novel, I think we should do it as a movie, and yeah. then it's there. Yeah. It can take years. Yeah, yeah. It took three and a half years to, the, to this moment, yeah. which is quite, actually quick for a, for a develop, development. And how many days to shoot? It was six weeks, yeah. six weeks shoot, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was mainly the script development that took a long time. Um, but yeah, in terms of stories, I mean, um, to have a story, almost every story I've ever told, um, be it a play or a film, it's been my character in relation to a man or a man in relation to me. Fabulous, great, I've enjoyed them all. and. Um, Long live heterosexual stories. Um, okay. they're not in danger, I don't think. They're not in any they're not an endangered species. But I just have never played um, I haven't even really done a film which is about female friendship, where it's a woman really in relation to another woman in in a deep kind of friendship. And this film was both. It was friendship childhood history love and then real sexual love and erotic love so it kind of it was such a new territory for me in terms of storytelling and i feel like those stories are, are mainly left out of the center of pictures so it was a way of getting two women who are not um in relationship to the history of being in relationship to you know a man married uh, ownership all that stuff but Hollywood is basically formed on that. The whole star system, however screwed up it may be, yeah. is based on that fact. Sure. That's the Bechdel test, you know? How yeah. long does it take for yeah, so a woman in a movie to talk about a man that's yeah. in her life? Yeah, the rules, I think it's three, three parts. There has to be more than one woman. They have to speak to each other, and they have to speak to each other about something other than a man. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. Almost like life. <laughs> but not like Hollywood. Exactly. You know, well, it's like a disobedient that. film. It's about disobedience. It's about the importance of, of being disobedient. Like being disobedient can be a really fruitful, creative thing in the right in the right way. It's a celebration of disobedience. I think. Do you so. have that quality in you? Are you disobedient to, to rules? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I'm sort. I'm sort of sensing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But I mean, you know, Ronnie's a bit like lost in her disobedience. She's just thoughtlessly, reflexively disobedient, um, and I think she needs to grow and go home and like make peace with as i said where she's from to kind of there's a kind of there's like healthy disobedience and not so healthy disobedience it's difficult in this world to get movies out that when i say they matter mm. uh, maybe that sounds like medicine and i don't mean to make these movies sound like medicine because yeah. you're there and you can get lost in them and talk about them when they're over well thank thank you for thank you isn't that a good thing to appreciate do? yes yes and this is a you know just a, for instance this film's a low budget film mm -hmm. so we could just pour our heart and souls into telling this story i mean what i like about sebastian is he he tells stories about people that normally are on the margins of stories so mm -hmm. fantastic woman for instance i've never seen a film where a, a trans woman is front and center it's this subjectivity is hers of mm -hmm. the film so I'm not a trans woman but when I watch it I think oh I know what it feels like that's what it feels like and for me that's 
for me, that's the point of stories. Um, it's not about the ideology or the medicine or the politics. It's like for me to feel like, oh, this is what it feels like to be that person who's not me. For me, that's what telling stories is about, well, is to empathize and be people we're not. So, How did you get into this, this world that you're in now? What was it? Here, you're growing up where? North London. North Three London. stops on the tube from where this film takes place. Whoa. Yeah, that's so like... it goes Golders Green and then two more and then Hendon. So yeah, I used to see these people on the, tra- on the tube. But sorry, yeah. So North London. So yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. And so you, you, you've seen this happening. Yeah. And now you're putting together this, you know, Rachel McAdams just had a baby. Yeah. You're going to have a baby. I know. What went on? On this movie. What was happening? I don't know. That love scene (laughs) really, uh, really, really did something or other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, congratulations on that. I mean, that's a terrific thing. Thank you. Thank you. And that means that you're just going to stop acting for forever and (laughs) just stay home knitting? That's right. Right. That's the future. That's what I see to do. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a. it's the first child for you and Daniel, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. We both for were. people that don't know that you are married to Daniel Craig, who is most often referred to <laughs> in anything you hear as James Bond. Yeah. And this is an interesting story in terms of you and how you approach this, because you're married to somebody who does the same thing you do. Yeah. And people always say, well, is it competitive? Mm-hmm. Are you in competition? I don't see how that's possible because I don't see you as James Bond. Yeah, we're just not up for the same role, well, so it would right, be hard to that's be. Not it. Yeah. So you guys at home don't talk about acting. I mean, there's not much to say, really, in a way. I mean, we talk about films that we love or plays that we love to mm-hmm. go and see theater and discuss things that we've seen, other people's work, other people's storytelling, what we like about storytelling. You can't really say much about your own stuff. It would be horrible to think, well, Daniel would say, let me give you a few notes on what you did in disobedience. Yeah. No, that can't be happening. No, no, no we, 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 no, that doesn't happen. No, we respect each other <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, I pre- appreciate each other's work. Um, he liked disobedience very much. Um, it's funny, he saw something in it that the director and writer Sebastian had said, which is in a way Rachel McAdams and I are like, one part we're like two sides of the same person i'm the part that left home and she's the part that stayed behind it's kind of an abstract idea but he was like yeah he was like you're you're kind of both those characters you stayed and left and anyway it was interesting that he he saw it like that you work with some of the most fascinating filmmakers this is an accidental you know you could come to it these people i mean (laughs) i could keep you know, I seek them out. You, you pick them out. I do. I actually seek them out. So with Sebastian, this this director, I, Lelio, I, I you know I went to him with this book and I said I'd like to work with you. Yorgos Lanthimos. Lanthimos. Oh, right. I yeah. I went. I saw um um ah what's it called now? But the film he made before Lobster um, about the cult. I'm just spacing out. Okay, we'll think of dog it tooth. Dog, dog Sorry, tooth. dog yes. tooth. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and I I my my like I. <laughs> I, I want to ne- do this. I just had never seen anything like it. So I, I went to, he was living in London, so I sought him out and I went to meet him and I said, I really want to work with you. Turns out people really like it if you, if you tell them 
you're a fan, and sometimes you I end up. I can't imagine how that would be really <laughs> know, right? working. Like, I really <laughs> like your work. It might be the people that are managing your career who might say to you, "And you want to do what? You want to do this movie about uh, people that if they don't form a relationship with somebody, that's the end of them." Right. You know? Right. Really? Lobster. Right. No, it's crazy premise. And they don't say, "Rachel, you could be doing the Mummy Three. Yes, I've I've heard such such uh, logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But thank you for just resisting it. Aww. It's kind of a great thing. Oh, cheers! Thank you. You know, thank and you for... even after the baby comes, you can say, I'm, "This is interesting. I found this really bizarre, talented director that I want to work with, and it's going to happen." Yeah, directors are extraordinary. You know, it's a films are directors' medium. It's all about. I mean, as you know better than anyone on the planet, I would think. It's just about their point of view, how they see things. It's, they're extraordinary. It's the amalgam, though. It's the sense of, of you coming to somebody or having a project that basically tweaks something in you and you're saying, let's collaborate and let's do this. So yeah. keep collaborating. Thank you. Now, oh. you've never been on this show. I don't know why not. It's just know, it's so like terrible. We have yummy. fresh popcorn. Mm. But it ends in song, always. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. So, look at that. Yeah. She grabbed the cup. It was... Um, <laughs> I just got popcorn in my mouth. I'm ready to I sing. Have, it ends in what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? There's not many racial vice musicals. Okay. <laughs> Here it comes. But <laughs> I see one coming. You okay. Know, it's got to be. Mm. Now, you can... I'm just looking for a little something. Everybody that comes on sings a little bit of something. Maybe you'll be singing to the baby. Maybe you sang to your first son, Henry. Yeah. Maybe it's something, I remember you indefinitely, maybe. But you sang um, to Ryan Reynolds, I've Got a Crush on You. Oh, yeah, I do. That's a hard song, actually. Is it really? I yeah. always think it's so easy. I could do it with you. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember that. Do, do we sing it together? No, I usually it's you. Who cares mm -hmm. about me singing? They have to stop me from doing that. It happens too often. I can't remember the words of that song I sang to Ryan Reynolds. I've got a crush on you. Sweetie pie. Is it? All the day, night time. Hear me, me sigh. sigh. Now we can do the end. Yeah. Then. The world oh, will pardon my mush. Mush. Because I've got a crush on you. Perfect. That's it. Thing is, the only song I could think of singing was the Velvet Underground song, I'm Sticking With You. Well, you could have done that. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. I really want to hear it now. It's like, um, it goes, I'm sticking with you because I'm made out of glue. <laughs> Anything that you might do, I'm going to do too. And it goes on. If Stephen Sondheim is listening to this, he will he's going to create. Not give me a job. He's going to do it. Thank you so so much. Thank you. Thank How you. lovely to talk to you. <laughs> that was great.